When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, you guys fucking talked about Allison Chain's dirt. You well, know, there is that. <laughs> you know, and, and I get this shit. This is like, you know, like I, like I said, oh, hey, I'm going to have you on for Led Zeppelin. I think you'd be really good for Coda. <laughs> You know what? The first thing I got to ask you, though, um, did Courtney have Kurt killed or did he commit suicide? Okay. Is this on the record? Is this on the episode? Maybe. Are we recording? Maybe. Okay. Uh, I have you talking about getting dressed on the recording, so who knows? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, people want to know that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I see pros and cons on uh, on both of it. Like, I could see where, like, Hey, she's going to get a lot of money. She was very competitive uh, with him. Uh, but then I can also be her. I can see her being so fucking annoying that you would want to kill yourself. Hmm. You know, there is that. You know, so I, I don't know. Jur- jury's out on that. He was a pretty morose motherfucker. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't seem like a lot of fucking fun. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. I like his songwriting, but, you know, he doesn't seem like a guy I'd want to go fucking drinking with. That's for damn sure. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what I like about you. You're like the Chris Novoselic of your <laughs> show. You know, and, and loose cannons to Kurt Cobain. Like, oh, I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this guy. I'm, I'm going to go hang out with the, with the bass player. Uh, oh, uh, that, uh, that's not a sentence said too often. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll go I'm hang out with the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said said no groupie ever. Yeah, I want to fuck the bass player. <laughs> Sorry, Brett Michaels. Yeah. I'm going Bobby Doll tonight. Oh yeah, no uh, shit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, interesting. I I think uh, much like loose cannon, that could go either way. <laughs> either way you know i probably uh, should stay for the record i i do think he he committed suicide and uh as, as shady as some of this stuff and, and and as nuts as courtney is i just 
I think it's very circumstantial the the, the things that that kind of tire to that, and it's it's a lot of fun to for people to kind of mythologize that kind of shit. I think, um, but. I've asked a few people now, so I figure I might as well state for the record, I do not believe that she had him murdered. Yeah. She maybe, and, and, maybe she tried. Well, I, I I think we can both agree it worked out the best for her. You know, <laughs> well, because yeah, yeah. It, you know, she, she got the money, it upped the sympathy vote. Uh, you know, people bought the record. But, uh, you know, then on the flip side of that, then then you got to have Billy Corgan write your next record. Yeah. You know, no, no the other guy's dead. <laughs> So, uh, well, let's uh, let's officially uh, t- say. By the way, I, this might be. I'm worried and a little, maybe a little titillated that this is going to be the most misogynistic episode of whatever. Never mind, ever done so oh, far. Oh, don't worry, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number four on uh, Rolling Stone's greatest grunge albums of all time is the 1994 record from Hole, "Live Through This." This was produced by Paul Q. Coldery and Sean Slade, uh, released on DGC Records. It came out April 12th, 1994, and that seems like a good start to... That seems like a good spot to start with uh, my esteemed guest, who I should say, Ian Wadley. Uh, how would you are are you a former podcaster? You you were a giant in the industry for the long time, to- longest time. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, the the, I, the I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know what the fuck you would call me anymore. Uh, I guess I'm a, I, I'm a free agent. Mm, nice. Uh, which is a nice way of saying I'm unemployed and, uh, uh, in the podcast world. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything going on right now. Well, I, I'm I'm happy to have you on the show. Of course, you know we we become friends over the, over the years, and uh, I, well, if nothing else, I'm I'm giving your voice to the the people again here a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, this record was released about a week after Kurt committed suicide, um, and it's called "Live Through This," and you know the. the <laughs> There's a lot of weight that kind of comes with that kind of stuff, and I think it adds to a lot of the mythology or the folklore around like, did Kurt, she have Kurt murdered and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I suppose they could have, in theory, delayed it, but don't you think at that point? I mean, these things are on the way to stores when you know Kurt's sitting in his uh, above his garage with a shotgun and a pack of uh, cigarettes. Right. Well, you know, it, it's better than the original title for the album was. I didn't shoot him. <laughs> uh, they, they changed it at the last minute. Uh, I'm astounded, though, that this came in at number four. Excuse me. By, by Rolling Stone standards, this this is the number four greatest grunge record of all time. Uh, you know, but if you look at that list, like number ten is Toto Four. Uh, so, uh, and there's no. I don't remember talking taste. about Toto. Damn it! Hey, it was a big album. It was a big album. Um, Africa. You know, Rosanna. Um, uh, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no, this is one, you know, you sent me a message, you know, you were telling me about you doing this whole, like, side uh, project that uh, Loose Cannon was like, yeah, I don't want no part of this shit because nobody's going to listen. Right. Uh, and I was like, yeah, sign me up. And you're like, great, you want to do the whole episode? <laughs> and, you know, that's basically like somebody like, hey, I'm doing a side kiss podcast. I think you would be really good for Hot in the Shade. You know, so I'm like, nice. yeah, what, you know, I'm unemployed, so I'll take anything. So I was like, Aww. yeah, I'll check out this whole record. Probably the biggest thing that made me jump on is say it was the fact that I've never heard it in, mm. in its entirety. Yeah, same. Here. I knew the singles. So I thought that would be very interesting. Uh, 
to look back on an album now that is considered uh, iconic or classic of that era, but one that I never checked out. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll check it out. I, uh, so I, I was surprised at how many of the songs I actually knew. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't... I didn't anticipate knowing much more than two tracks. There's there was like four on here I'd heard. Yeah, I was kind of like I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the amount of tracks I liked. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the list of the albums you covered, and I was like, God damn, you did Dirt with Chris Aiken, yeah. you know, who goes on record as a Sammy Hagar apologist. Oh wow, uh, you know, and I get whole. <laughs> I'm like, ah. You know, but, you know, yeah, when you're unemployed, you take what you get. Well, well truth uh, be told, here's how that happened. You you are typically on the short list of anybody that I would um, want to reach out to to do a, like a project with someone as a guest. Right. I, for, this got super chaotic right out of the gate. And then I, I all of a sudden realized as I'm, I'm wheedling this list down, I literally had one record left when I'm like, oh, my God, I never t- asked Wadley if he wanted to do one. <laughs> And so I tried to correct that wrong as best I could. I'm sorry all I had left was whole, um, but uh, I, I think you're going <laughs> to well, do it justice. I, I think, if anything, this might be the best album to have you on for. Yeah, and I'm glad to fill your hole, ah, you know, because nice. uh, you know, we fit together. <laughs> uh, but no, no I, I was excited to do this. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I just love, you know, talking with you and doing a show with you. Um, Aw, you know, I, we, we do have a similar sense of humor. We're both Midwest guys, uh, you know, and, and and you are my old lady's favorite podcaster. Oh, really? Hmm, that's yes, that's some yes. breaking you, news you there. You are her favorite. She, she, is a, uh, she is now a podcast groupie, uh, but you, you are her favorite. She's like, I want to meet him. I'm like, he lives in Minnesota. And she's like, I don't want to meet him that bad. Uh, <laughs> I'll come to Nashville. But, uh, uh, but no, she, she's a big she's a big fan of yours, so she was excited that I was doing this episode with you today. Well, Thomas, as, thanks for as, listening. As, I can't believe uh, it's weird when you hear a woman actually listens to our show, you know. Uh, yes. Well, hey, you know, I wanted to touch on one thing uh, about this record. Um before we d- dive into it, the bass player, Kristen, uh, I-, I don't know if I can say her name right. I, I-, I assume it's Faff. It's P-F-A-F-F. Um, she actually sure. has a Minnesota connection. She was uh, recruited out of a band called Janitor Joe to join the band just before recording this record. She-, she attended Boston College before ultimately coming to Minnesota and majoring in women's studies. She was a part of Restore the Sexual Violence Program, which offered a crisis line, counseling service, and training in self-defense. So she kind of, um, I don't know, doing a lot of positive things for, uh, I don't know, just women in general, I guess. I talked to the the, the guy who produced the record, and, and he brought up... And, and another person, oh, Mark Yarm, they both brought up her and talked about how important she was to the creative process of this band at this time. And it really is sad because she actually uh, OD'd, um, I think, right. about a year, about a month or two after Kurt. So the, shortly after this record came out, um, I did have it somewhere here, but it's gone. Anyway... Well- I found a sound clip of her. She worked at the college radio station at the U of M. It doesn't have anything to do with Hole or anything like that, but I just thought with, you know, 
the uniqueness of the situation. I'd share it. A, I'll drop it in right here where people can listen to a little bit of her just talking on the radio. That's the X on WMMR. It is the first in a series of six bi-monthly seven-inch single releases. Um, this first one comes in a really nice little white paper bag. It's got some little inserts and surprises and this little box that I guess you're supposed to collect them all and put them in. It's very gimmicky for the X, but then again, you know, they've always been masters of packaging and whatnot. So, of course, I'm going to be a sucker and collect all six. Um, we got some in the store at Orfolk, so I imagine that they are available for purchase in stores. Otherwise, you can um, look on the back of it. There's a little address, and you can write away and send 25 bucks, and they'll send you a single every two months. It's pretty groovy. Um, good music, of course, as we can expect from the X. This would be the X from Holland as opposed to X from uh, Los Angeles or New York, wherever the hell they're from, or X from Australia. Before that, we heard from Australia Feed Time with Clowns and Babes in Toyland with Ariba, and we started off the set with Happy Family, Cavemen, and Neckties. Right now, it is 10 o'clock. You're listening to Student Radio WMMR 96.3 FM Cable, AM 730 in Minneapolis. Uh, you are listening to Kristen, by the way. That is my name. Give me a call at 626-WMMR if you have a request. I'll be happy to play it. And right now, I am going to play Halo of Flies, local band, of course. The song is No Time. You know, I, I think that's awesome that you brought up all those different aspects of what she was doing with her life. Uh, you know, because she was just the sweet girl I knew from, you know, seeing her at my heroin dealer's house. Uh, <laughs> You know, but uh, hey, you know, bully her. You know, um, one of the, the the downsides to this whole fucking thing I'm doing here is that so many times, whatever you're talking about ends up with a story like this. The this scene has been as destructive, self destructive as you know, gangster rap. You know what I mean? There, they just shoot each other. Uh, here, uh, it's heroin. They they kill themselves. But yeah, but what you didn't know is she uh, she was shot up by Suge Knight. <laughs> uh, so she uh, she crossed genres, if you will. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, you know, very sad, very sad. Uh, I watched a, there was a documentary on the drummer uh, from Hole that I watched, hmm. and uh, I Seriously? remember you know touching base on this, and uh, you know that was pretty good. But now it's it's sad to see anybody you know right can't handle drugs like that. You know, yeah, I mean, pass away, we'll see. Suck it up and learn how to deal with your heroin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's uh, don't fuck with heroin, kids. I think that's the moral of the story. Yeah, there's no uh, shit. lots of other shit out there, and don't fuck with heroin. And just to be a little more respectful, uh, it was on June. Uh, she had basically gone to treatment in, in February '94. She had left whole. She made plans to return to Seattle in order to basically just get the rest of her crap that she had left there, and this is June 14th, 1994. She goes back to Seattle, and then on June 16th, two days later, she is found dead in her Seattle apartment. Uh, she had OD'd, a, a friend had found her. So, and, and by all accounts, she got into heroin after joining the band. So, uh, I don't know, just one of the tricks of the trade, I guess. Right. Well, I, I think there'll probably be a documentary soon, you know, because they said she was very influential in, in this album. So maybe... Uh, Maybe Courtney killed her off too, you know, to get those uh, publishing royalties. <laughs> yeah, just kind of keep all the cash, huh? Um, yeah, you, you don't know. You don't know. I, I, Mama liked to shop. You're you're correct. I don't know. <laughs> One of the reasons I had a hard time accepting this record is because she is just about as repulsive as a human being 
as, as I can imagine. Uh, I, I have taken some cheap shots at her on the show. I don't really, nothing that I, I really regret saying, but I've always just looked at her like she basically is the the walking equivalent of the word vulgar. I just, she just never really connected with me. So going into this record, I was a little bit surprised at, I don't know, I, a lot of things. I just, I opened my mind a little bit and tried to let go of some of my own biases. A little more talented than I probably gave her credit for. She's definitely annoying. Like she's not the kind of girl you'd want to do coke with, you know, because <laughs> she would just get on your last fucking nerve. And I think there's been more like great songs written about her than great songs she's written. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was, she was annoying, you know, you know, for, for, you know, both of us grew up in that era, you know, when she rose to fame. Yeah. I, I knew I, her I, as Kurt's wife before I knew of her fucking band. Exactly. Well, well, same here, but still like any interview you would see her butt in on, you know, was annoying. Uh, she was abrasive. You know, it, it's not one of those things where I'm threatened by a strong woman or anything like that. She just seemed like an annoying bitch. Yeah. It, you know, in, in every situation, <laughs> she just seemed like, she you know, like and she you bathed all, a lot either. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, maybe take yeah. a shower and brush your hair or something. I don't know. You know, and, and then I, I think what I found even more annoying was like, you know, she wasn't that pleasant to look at, but man, after a fucking nose job and a boob job, you know, she cleaned up well. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, you look at like Courtney before this album, and then you look at like, you know, uh, Celebrity Skin, you know, Courtney Love. But what's so funny is there's all this like, you know, female empowerment and I'm a strong woman. But yeah, you sell a lot more records when you fix that fucking nose and those tits, you know. <laughs> Uh, I ain't gonna lie, you know, and she was a piece of ass for a while, Excuse but yeah, me. just always annoying and, and just seemed, uh, I, I think in every interview, she just seemed like that annoying girlfriend, you know, like everybody yeah. has that friend with the girlfriend they can't stand. And she seemed like that girl. And did, you know? did she always look like, um, like that, 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 like when she put on makeup, it was like, she was a five-year-old, you know, doing mommy playing with mommy's makeup. And the, yeah. it's just like, I just didn't really get it. I don't know. Um, and again, misogyny alert. We're just all being sexist here. Um, now, you mentioned a little bit ago how competitive she was with Kurt. She was so driven to prove that she could stand on her own, that she wasn't just riding the coattails of Kurt and Nirvana. So she went out and made a album that was basically a... I don't know, a Down Syndrome version of In Utero, if you ask me. Uh, it's like, you want to stand out on your own. Why are you recreating that record, You know, or at least a female version of it? This is just kind of a lazy attempt at being Nirvana. I mean, how do you stand out on your own when you, you're not even trying to separate yourself? You know, neither one of us know this woman, but this is the perception from the sure. media. Now, is it skewed from the media? You know, or is that the reality of it? But I don't know. I mean, a- you watch video footage. Is that the media's fault that she looks the way she looks and comes off the way she does? And I, I don't mean physically. I mean, like, the things she says and does, you know? I just, I remember Madonna being interviewed at the VMAs and, like, right. uh, uh, Courtney was, like, throwing, like, shit at her. Uh, is yeah. that the media's fault? Because in, during a live interview that she wasn't involved with, she's doing that. I mean, yeah, but 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 you know, in hindsight, who doesn't want to throw shit at Madonna? Mm, so nice. Yeah. I, you know, I almost respect that. Uh, <laughs> All right. right. Well, what do you think? Let's get into the record, uh, Ian. Let's do it. Well, the album opens up with Violet. 
sky was made of amethyst And all the stars were just like little fish You should learn when to go You should learn how I think it's a great opener and uh, just a really good fucking track. And one I'm not tired of, you know, for as much as this was like, you know, yeah, all over MTV at the time, which was a horrible time for MTV, you know, period. You know, you got the whole death of Headbangers Ball and, you know, now if it ain't grunge or it ain't rap, it ain't cool, you know. Or if it isn't like fucking the real world, it ain't cool. Uh, <laughs> it's worse now. But uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I dug this track and I still dig it to this day. And I listened to this album four times in its entirety, hmm. you know, because I, I like to, you know, especially when it's something I don't know. Right. I want to have like, you know, multiple listens, see if anything changes. Um, yeah, because you know, but, if you're uh, not familiar with it, you want to absorb it a little bit to give it a proper, you know, review. Right, but right, I, but, I, I but did again, the same at least five or six times. I listened to this in the last week. Bummer. You know, th- th- this is a song I've heard countless times. You know, either through MTV or the radio. Uh, you know, I never owned a physical copy of this. No, man, I dig, I dig Violet. Great fucking song. Great opener. I wish there was more like this. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. This is easily the best track on the album. It is my favorite as well. Um, I, I And, you know, lyrically, I'll talk about this as we go. Courtney actually has a knack for a certain uh, level of lyrics. I just don't know if she can finish a song. Um, but, yeah, this is a song about some level of betrayal and holding back a part of yourself from someone. And, again, from the very get-go, we're talking about, you know, some, some issues about you know, how women are treated and, and sexism and, and misogyny that, that exists in the world. And, 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 and she probably saw more of that than anybody, but, uh, she, you know, she gave it right back as good as she got it. Ian, are you familiar with the rating system here? Uh, no, sir. Okay. You get to pick, uh, like instead of stars, uh, you can use some kind of grunge reference. You can reference Courtney, you know, uh, whatever you want, but like one through five, like people have used, uh, heroin needles, uh, we, they've used pierced lips, uh, pierced eyebrows. Uh, they've done Doc Martens, ripped jeans, flannel shirts. All right, uh, I'll give I'll give shotgun blasts. Okay, so so how many shotgun blasts does Violet get? One to five. <laughs> okay, I, out of a scale of one to five shotgun blasts, I'll give this a five. I think this is a really good song. I think it's a really solid song. Uh, a great song of that era. Like if you were. Uh, it, it, I, I laugh at Rolling Stone calling this the fourth greatest grunge album of all yeah. time. But, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, 
songs from that era, which I don't even really consider this grunge, but um, but I just I, I think it's a perfect song. I would give it five shotgun blasts to Kurt Cobain's lower chin. <laughs> I'm going to give this four and a half shotgun blasts, uh, okay. slightly lower than you. Um, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the kill shot. You know, you're like wounded. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Four and a half is going to kill you, I think. But all right. Uh, the next song up is uh, Miss World. is a song about putting on a happy face while hiding internal struggles. One thing about this band, when I listen to this record, you ever, those movies where like someone has a band and they're really bad and they don't know it? That's kind of what these this band sounds like, where like they're not the appropriate band to hire for your wedding, but they're somebody's friend, so they do it anyway, and then they shock everybody, and it's it's like uh, 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 for comedy purposes slipped into a movie. Or if you're friends of uh, uh, fans of Friends, Phoebe talking about her cat on her acoustic guitar at the Central Perk, you know, it's just it's not good, but everybody kind of like, huh? We we kind of like that. Kind of like that movie Light of Day with Joan Jett and Michael <laughs> Um There's yeah, a reference for you. You know, i, I got to refer to my notes here, and I, I believe I wrote, and I quote, uh, and just like that, my pussy dried up. Uh, if this song was any more feminine, Eddie Vedder would have wrote it on his arm. Wow. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not feeling this one. Never will, never did. Yeah. Uh, not saying that it's a bad song yeah, or one of the song. better ones on here, but I'm with you. But it, it it just doesn't speak to me. And, it, you know, I find it funny. You and me are very much, uh, you know, what Fox News would consider liberals, but we're not politically correct by any means. Right. Um, you know, I have a hard time with women in rock. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what that is. That could be a character fault of my own. Uh, like, I have no problem with female pop stars. I, I think that's very much in their wheelhouse. And I can appreciate a female pop star. But when it comes to rock and roll and your name's not Joan Jett, I'm very suspect. And, there aren't uh, many examples in, in rock or hard rock where I'm kind of with you. It, it is difficult yeah. for me. I, I do like like the, the pretty reckless or a recent group that that I enjoy, and, and I, I I know where you're going here. And, and 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 there's a band I absolutely love, and I implore people to check out, especially people who like you know hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, there's a band from the East Coast called Ruby the Hatchet, hmm. the worst fucking name ever, but an incredible like doom stoner type band with a chick singer, but they rock, man. They rock the same way like Heart. I okay. love heart. The Wilson sisters, I think fucking rock. I love them. You know, like they cross that line for me. You know, we don't want to come off as he men woman haters to quote a horrible extreme song. Um, <laughs> but, Which was uh, quoting little rascals. Oh God. 
Um, <laughs> this is a song that just sounds, it's for women. It really is, yeah. I, I, I don't think this is a song for guys, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, there, there absolutely. Be, but if you're a no, man and you enjoy this song, you probably also have season tickets to your local college's women's volleyball team. Yeah, or possibly roller derby if you're a lesbian. Excuse me. You know what? Hole is the WNBA of <laughs> grunge. <laughs> right. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, you know what? How, how about this, Ian, real quick? Uh for a, a a band of this time, Veruca Salt, I enjoyed quite a bit. Yes. Uh, Veruca Salt, I really love. Veruca Salt, what I loved about them, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm a, I'm a guy. I love the two main chicks from Veruca Salt. I thought mm-hmm. they were hot as shit. But to me, they wrote very catchy, almost like, uh, you know, Cheap Trick-esque right. pop songs. They, they were very good pop song writers. And if I saw them on The Week in Rock... Uh, you know, I didn't want to like curl shit at him like a monkey. <laughs> you know, where, where Courtney Love, I did. Um, oh, God, yeah, she's just no, not no, a likable person. Yeah, Veruca Salt, very, very, very good band. But yeah, but what I'm really getting at though is this is a song written by a girl that's aimed at girls, and I just don't have. Um, it doesn't speak to me. You know, but that to me was a big problem with grunge in general, because grunge became very like wah wah. Daddy didn't play ball with me. Mm. Uh, you know, depressive uh, kind of shit. You know, where you know, as 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 much as I like have a disdain for Motley Crue, uh, it was much more in my wheelhouse. Like, yeah, I want to get laid. You know, you know. So this song. Eh, I feel I hate on it more than it deserves. Probably there's there some 13-year-old girl who, who's had her phone taken away for the day that can listen to this and like really relate. But to me, it just doesn't speak to me. But it's not written for me. So I give it a pass just for that. I don't think it's a horrible song, but it wasn't written for me. It doesn't land with me. And that's okay. If anybody else digs it, great for you. But for me, I'm not going to put on the CD to hear the song and unwind or to rock out. I could see someone who isn't popular at school, a girl in their 13, 14, just dealing in high school in general. Those teen years are just rough when you're not the cool kid. And and I could see somebody really using this to have like a positive effect in their life and connecting and realizing that there is this message out there that, that like you're not alone, that kind of thing. So I appreciate it on that, but I give it three shotgun blasts largely because of that. Cause I, I, I really would probably never listen to this song on like on purpose. <laughs> right. Oh, and, and I agree with you. I'm right there with you. I give it three shotgun blasts. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the next one plump. Just like that, I'm wet again. 
I like this song. I love wow. the riff. Uh, I, 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 I love the screaming vocals. I think she does really good on this. And, uh, you know, this is one, like, I'd much rather see this as a single or a video hmm. than Miss World. Which, which to me is like, you know, Janet Jackson grunge kind of, you know, I don't know, for, for, for the masses. But this, I, I think, is more of like a punk rock ditty. Uh, I, I dig plump. And it's perfect <laughs> at two minutes and 34 seconds. One thing I, I will say I like about this is it's not, yeah, it's 12 songs. And I'm a firm believer in the rule of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh but it still comes in at 38 minutes, so you know that's exactly. all right. But uh, I, I dig this. This is one where I was like, okay, I didn't know this album. I like this song it's a lot cooler than some of the other shit that I've judged them on. What do you think? Well, whether it was intended or not, this is the third song that sounds like a, a stab at being a second tier Nirvana. You know, it, it, it opens up with kind of that. Um, I don't know. They, they, they continue to do this light part, heavy part, light part, heavy part, and that's just kind of a, a Nirvana thing. Um, it's clear from the lyrics that Courtney has some level of anger towards how she thinks people view her. Um, and it's this point that, that I started to realize she can write about half a song lyrically, but then she has to just start repeating lines like she's Beyonce or something. But I do love the line, like a lawyer at a witch trial, you look good for your age. Um, that was pretty solid, but uh, I did not care for the song as much as you did, Ian. Um, apparently, uh, fat girls aren't my thing. Um, do you, uh, my personal rating is two and a half shotguns. Blast. I, w- I will give this four shotgun blasts to the chin. Nice. Now we'll go to the next song, uh, Asking For It. <laughs> Ian Wildey's taking oh. over the show. Oh, boy. Every time that I sell myself to that rape rock man will get consent man um this is a uh a pleasant track uh about rape um i i think this is a good song but this is not something i would listen to but i i think it has a really uh important message agreed i i i I think it's a it's a great uh a, a great lyric and there's certain things that I, I think only a woman can really sing about. Uh, I love sex type thing by stone temple pilots, you know, and that's kind of, a, you know, making fun of like, you know, man's macho, macho yeah. fucking attitude and shit like that, which unfortunately fell on deaf ears when it came out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a, a song about rape, you know, unless you're in jail, uh, you know, it's definitely like a woman's area to cover. 
And I, I think she addressed it very well. I think it's a good song, but it's just not, it's not something I would put on like, yeah, yeah, I just got out of work. Fuck it. It's Friday. I'm going to listen to ask for it, you know? Um, yeah. And well, just, and to be fair, that, that wasn't the intent, you know I mean? Right, right. And it's just, it, it doesn't speak to me, but if this song like empowers any woman who has been raped, you know, or been in that situation, uh, you know, as much as I like to be an asshole and, you know, make fun of shit, uh, you know, it's a very serious topic and, I think it's a really good song. It's just not something I want to listen to when I listen to music. Yeah, you know, and, and she has a knack for kind of like, um, as a lyricist, to almost sarcastically throw back some of these kind of stereotypical things that, uh, like we talked about, the macho kind of attitude of the, the the frat boy kind of environment. Well, she was asking right. for it with the way she dressed and stuff like that. But again, I, I feel like she. she that's as far as she can take it. Then she she doesn't really. I don't know if it has something to do with like she has ADD or just the chaotic way she lives her life. But she can't settle down and, and actually finish a song lyrically because this just repeats itself over and over again. And that seems to be a pattern through this whole thing where she just. I'm a, I'm really am. I mentioned Beyonce. I started to think Courtney was a huge influence on Beyonce, who hasn't found a word she can't rhyme with using the same word in any, every one of her fucking songs. So. Um, but well, I I if, do think there's if you something. Think so you should have put a ring on it. Yeah, know? and you know what rhymes with put a ring on it? Put a ring on it, and so does <laughs> put a ring on it and put a ring on it. Good point. I fucking hate Beyonce's music. It is just the worst. Well, uh, we all know Jay Z wrote that because women can't write songs anyway. Oh Excuse yay! Me. <laughs> oh oh, did I say that? <sighs> I will say this. We talked in a little bit. This is something here. If if you're a victim of rape, you might connect with this. That's not really an environment. That's just a fucking act of aggression. But but also, women deal with a lot of fucking bullshit just in their day-to-day life, whether they get raped or not. Just, just going to work can be a fucking kind of an experience that men will never really appreciate. And you might well, hear a song like this and, and, and fucking, you know, yeah, it might connect with you a little bit. Well, I, I, I think... That, that you and I are in a unique position to where there, there is something that we can um, identify with this song. is like, yes, when, when, you know, women have to deal with this shit all the time, being sexualized, you know, being hit on when it's uncalled for. But, you know, we both have podcasts. Well, I used to have <laughs> one. So, uh, you know, we deal with like, you know, we walk, we go to work like anybody else. We're like, ooh, he does a podcast. You know, they call you sweet tits. You know, we're sexualized <laughs> because we're we're grown men who talk about music. Uh, oh, looking so. good today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. God. Yeah, I, I don't. Ever since I started a podcast, I started. Yeah, that, that's for you, Elsie. Uh, ever since uh, I've been podcasting, I refuse to walk near construction sites. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's like. Okay. Hey, podcast. <laughs> you know, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I saw what you wore at Rockin' Pod, you know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but now I will give this song, actually, I will give this song, I'm going to give it five shotgun blasts for Whoa. what it says. Oh, all right. And, and what it's, I, I think it's a very good and a very important song. But personally, like, would I listen to it or jam out to it? 
I'm going to give it a three. But I, I think this is a very important track. And I, I, th- I think it's a very, it's an important subject to tackle. And something that should only be tackled by a woman. If you're going to talk about balls itching, a guy should write that hmm. song. You know, Wasp had a song called Dirty Balls. You know, yeah, a guy should sing that song. But if it's a song about rape, uh, it should, you know, and like I said, unless you're in prison, uh, you know, it should come <laughs> from a woman's perspective. And I, I think what she wrote, what she said is very important, uh, especially in the kind of fucked up world we live in now, you know, like, you know, proud boys, I'm, I'm a male chauvinistic and I will not apologize kind of mentality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, these are the guys that are out there date raping chicks where you and me don't have to do that because we have a podcast. Like, you know, you walk up to a chick and go, I have a podcast and they just take, you know, the panties physically melt off their body. I actually you know, have to carry like, a stick around to kind of keep, you know, because I'm a, I'm a yeah. married man, right? It's like I have to like literally use it to poke away all the all the all the ladies that just are just trying to bang me. Yeah. Yeah. There's very little chance of rape. <laughs> oh, I mean, look at the podcaster. Get, get away. Get away. Know, Ken Mills has more children than George Foreman, and they're all named like <laughs> Ken Mills the fifth, Ken Mills the sixth, you know, because he's the pod father. But he also has know? more podcasting kids. Yeah, so that <laughs> takes rape out of the equation. But uh, uh, but no, I was I, I respect this song a lot. But yeah, I'm going to basically echo exactly what you said. I, as a song, I gave it a three. But I do think the message is important, and, and, and I do think it is delivered pretty good. Uh, the lyrics are, are, are some of her best. But again, it's like lyrically, it's like half a song. I just wish she, she could knuckle down and, and not need Billy Corgan to finish a, a complete track for her. But I'll give it a five for the message because I do think it matters. So uh, we're, we're on board together there. Well, it's your show, so you take the next song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I knew what I was getting into when I asked you to be on here. There's no complaints. Uh, well, Jennifer's body, I am a little curious. Do you think Diablo Cody got the idea for the movie from this song? Uh, oh, well, no, she said she did. Did she? she? Okay. She did. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. She totally admits she said it was a creepy song uh, about a creepy subject matter. And uh, so she said it was a no brainer to name, you know, her screenplay in the movie that I, I love. I love that movie, by the way. And check out the unrated version if you can, uh, over the rated version. I think it's a great movie. And I hate, what's that bitch's name that's in the movie? Oh, uh, 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 what's her name? Fox. Uh, yeah, Megan Fox. Megan yeah. Fox. I, I, I'll share this. This is a great story. So she was here in New Orleans um, filming this horrible movie that, that I actually love. It's so bad. I like it, called Jonah Hex. Mm, okay. Uh, with uh, Josh Brolin. And they were hanging out at one of my favorite clubs here in new orleans uh one-eyed jacks and 
it's like a horseshoe bar and they have all these candles going around and shit. So they kind of like took over the bar for one night after shooting. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole production took it over and she's leaning there, you know, just being like Megan Fox and being like annoying and totally fucking idiotic. And she's leaning over and her hair catches fire from one of the candles. (laughs) And, and, And Josh Brolin is sitting across from her. And watching her hair burn and doesn't say a fucking thing because he can't stand her. Oh. You know? And, and yeah, so her hair caught on fire. She freaked out. But then again, you know, fuck Josh Brolin because he used to beat the shit out of Diane Lane. So okay. um, you know. Wow, we, we are really going deep on the uh, Hollywood inside stuff here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, you grew up in the 80s. You loved Diane Lane. You know, but, but yeah, Josh Brolin used to smack her around a little bit. You know, that's no secret. But anyway, fuck Megan Fox. But Jennifer's <laughs> body, Jennifer's body is a fun horror comedy. Oh, it's a I great recommend. movie, man. Yeah, I dig it. Way I, better I, than I Juno. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love it. And I know you would, you know, you know, being a Minnesota boy, and it's written about that area, you know, and uh, shit. No, great, great movie. The song, uh, not bad. Yeah, not 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 bad. Uh, not a standout, you know, it's not Violet, uh, but it's a good song. It's a creepy song. There's all kinds of different uh, theories about what it was based on, different cases of, uh, you know, girls who were abducted and shit like that. I mean, which is, which is a reoccurring theme in this album, you know, is the mistreatment of women. And as, as much as we joke around and say, you know, misogynistic jokes uh, I, I think anybody with half a brain knows where you and me really stand sure, yeah. on, on these subjects. And, uh, you know, well, I, I think we, joke- we, the disclaimer is clear. We, we're having fun here. But, yeah, we uh, oh. we definitely side with the rights of, of women when it comes. They, they deal with a lot of fucking bullshit. Oh, oh yeah. But, yeah, the, the song is basically about, you know, a girl who gets abducted and uh, mutilated and, and shit. So it's a, it's a pretty dark song. Um, but overall it's a decent track. Um, again, I, I like this song more than Miss World. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this Agreed. is a song that I would, I would listen to and I'd be like, Oh man, that's kind of rocking. It's kind of dark. It's kind of deep. Uh, you know, but, it, but as a male, it doesn't alienate me or, uh, you know, make me hate myself or anything like that. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a dark subject matter. But uh, I think it's a decent song, and I give this motherfucker. Uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. Then we'll do our shotgun ratings. Fair enough. Um, I, I I don't have much more to say than you did, but that it, once again we get that back and forth musically of light to heavy to light back to heavy. It's just not that imaginative f- from a song sense. It, it, it's a very cookie cutter as far as how it's arranged and, and approached. Uh, I do think again. It seems like what she wants to write about is more interesting than what she ends up like offering as a song. So, um, well, do you want my rating first, or you want to go? Uh, no, go ahead. What's your rating? Three shotgun blast from Baco. All right, I'm I'm, I'm going to go one more. I'm going to go for the kill shot. I'm mm. going to give it a four. I'm, I'm going to give it four out of five. I, I think on this album, it, it, it's a great track. Side one ends with the track Doll Parts.
go off the south. Big song. I love this song. Um, I find it very dreaming. Uh, dreaming. Hmm. Very dreamy. Very hmm. haunting. And I, I you know, I kind of laugh because I see this as like a, it's like, it's like a teenage love song. Hmm. And supposedly she wrote this after getting with Kurt Cobain and, uh, you know, her worries about whether he liked her as much as she liked him. I don't know if any of that fucking shit's true. But if you just listen to it as far as songs goes, it's, you know, it's an angst ridden love song. Hey, you're kind of a romantic guy. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, how, how long do you need to be in a relationship before you really lose the insecurity? I say 23 years. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I just got back with my ex after 25 years, and I'm still nervous. So uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> anyway, but this song, carry on. This, this song does remind me of, like, you know, a high school or a grade school, like, pining for somebody's song, which in a way is a good sign that, that anybody could relate to this. I mean, I remember, you know, this is not bad. I, I remember being in grade school motherfucker like fifth grade like crying over this chick listening to loves a bitch by quiet riot in my room like ooh, ooh, someday you will ache like i ache motherfucker loves a bitch baby um but i, I think that's the best a- line in this song by the way someday uh, you uh, will ache like i ache uh Great song. I, I think Great it's lyric. sung very well. I like I like the music to it. Uh, I think it's a very effective song. And once again, this is one that I've heard it a gazillion times. But it, it you know, I, I don't cringe at it. Like like Miss World. If I hear Miss World, I'm like, ugh. You know, but if I hear this or Violet, you know, this is my second favorite song on the album. Uh, and and it's almost neck and neck with Violet. I really, really love Dow Parts. I just think it's a great written song. Uh, I don't care who wrote it. Uh, <laughs> very effective. Dig it. What do you think? I think this might have been the first song I heard off this record. I'm not sure. I know Violet, I think, was the first single, so maybe I got that backwards. But in my head, Doll Parts was the one that I recalled hearing. Um, I hated it then, and I really only have a slightly better opinion of it going through it, you know, listening to it now. Wow. At this point, though, like in 1994, there are a lot of grunge acts that are basically just playing the part. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is what we're doing now. So um, now as a person, I do think Courtney is the real deal. I don't think she is a character. You know what I mean? She's not like I think she's probably a lot like, you know, when she's not on camera, when she is on camera. Part of the reason I actually believe that she did not have Kurt's help on this record is that like these are all really not very strong songs. And I, I just, I don't think, this seems to k- kind of correlate with my opinion of her as an artist. But uh, again, this whole record seems like 12 songs that are half done. Um, but this is this song for me, uh, I'll tell you, Ian, I just don't like it. Uh, it. It is a two shotgun blast for me. Wow. Wow. I'm going to give this one, this one gets for me a five shotgun blast. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I I really, I really do dig this song. Cool. Well, before we uh, flip the cassette or vinyl, whatever we're listening to in 1994, and I most people were listening to the CD, but uh, we're old school here on whatever. Never mind. Um, 
before like Nirvana broke, I, we, I use that as as the starting point, the first domino that kind of unleashed grunge on the world. What were you listening to like pre grunge? Pre grunge was totally um, cock rock and thrash. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, you know, I loved my metal. You know, the Big Four. Uh, and a couple of bands outside of the Big Four, Testament, I was already into. Um, but that was about it as far as thrash, but I love the cock rock. All right, so then when grunge did break, uh, did you get into it right away? Were you kind of slowly, were you a hater? Did you ever get into it? Kind of on the fence. Uh, you know, be because hair metal was getting so light and so fluffy and so pussy, uh... I was already starting to gravitate more towards thrash metal. Yeah. Um, you know, but I would say the first, like what was starting to change my perspective was Jane's addiction. Mm. Uh, Red hot chili peppers. I remember when, when, when mother's, I mean, when uh, blood sugar, sex magic came out masterpiece. What, what, oh yeah. No, I, I love it. I, yeah, I definitely consider that a masterpiece. But the funny thing is, I knew Red Hot Chili Peppers because of my dad. My dad saw Red Hot Chili Peppers on David Letterman during the Mother's Milk era, era, and he bought Mother's Milk. And that's how I first heard Red Hot Chili Peppers, because <laughs> my old man had it. I was like, okay, this is different. This is weird. You know, I'm listening to Winger, but this, you know, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, when, when, when uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out, I was like, oh, this is incredible. I, I'm so old school. I remember hearing Under the Bridge for the first time and thinking, wow, what a great song. I could listen to this forever. Uh, <laughs> you know, now, <clears throat> of course, I never want to hear it again. But also I remember hearing uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time, and it was just such a breath of fresh air. Hey. From, like, fucking tough and, you know, fucking all this pussy fucking shit that was coming out of the t firehouse. <laughs> and and just horrible, horrible shit that was not metal at all. Uh, you know, these these were the bastard children of Bon Jovi. Yeah. You know, with with any with any genre of music uh, that makes an impact, you usually have about ten bands that are inventive. Uh, you know that you know, or decent and make a statement. And then you have all the fucking copycats. Yeah. All of a sudden collective soul and seven, Mary three are fucking <laughs> brunch. You know, no, they're not love no, seven, not. seven, Mary three, you know, but it became you know, cumbersome. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It did. What a great song though. Ain't going to lie. Great song. No, I actually, uh, I like that record, but nothing else. Uh, whatever. But, uh, but no, at the time it 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 was a welcome change. Mm -hmm. But then what sucked was was the aftermath. The aftermath was so brutal. And not only do you have like okay, now all of a sudden radio and MTV says grunge is cool, hard rock isn't. But you also had the Beavis and Butthead, you know, with you know Winger Bad, yeah, mm -hmm. you know whatever else you know is cool it it sucked to see because there were still some hard rock and metal bands that i loved and now they just went by the wayside and it was replaced by stuff that wasn't to me to my ears 
is musically challenging. Uh, I, I think that's I, pretty much an accepted point, right? That like on a mu- on a musician level, it really didn't equal you know that kind of stuff. Well, let, right. let, let me hit you with the money question then. Um, this is what I've asked everybody on the show: uh, Did right. grunge kill hair metal? No, no, hair metal killed hair metal. Hair metal walked to the guillotine all by itself. Mm. And you know, but what what grunge did is it was just it was harder, it was more abrasive, it was more real. But it sucks because at the same time you lost all the fun out of music. I mean, I, you know, growing up, you know, uh, you know, as a teenager, you know, a young adolescent, metal was escape. It was fantasy. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was joy. You would listen to it, you would get excited. Now grunge comes along and everything's like, well, well, life sucks, boo-hoo, you know, and that's, you know, besides the musicianship standpoint, that's what I hated the most is now you have a whole generation of kids that just are full of self-pity and, you know, feel sorry for themselves and life isn't, man, when I was a kid, you just you wanted to get laid, you know. You wanted to get laid, and when you listen to hard rock and metal, there was like the you know there was the fuck metal of like Motley Crue and shit like that. There was the fantasy metal of Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. Uh, you know there was the Satan metal, but it was all like fantasy, and we were all happy kids. Mm-hmm. And then I just noticed this trend of like depressing like woe is me like no mom i'm not going outside the house today mm. <laughs> you know daddy didn't daddy doesn't love me because i didn't play football and the uh, foosball you know yeah you know and, and and that's what really sucked for me was the fun and the escapism but on the other the flip side i like the realness of it yeah because it was <laughs> a little bit more street level it, it definitely got harder than, than, than fucking Nelson, mm-hmm. you know, musically, but but you lost the guitar solos, you lost all this. But no, grunge grunge didn't kill hair metal. Hair metal kill, killed hair metal. Let's let's get back into the record now. As much as I, I hate to say this, we have to flip the cassette and get into side two. All right, do it. It opens up with Credit in the Straight World. It's a cool cover. Uh, which I didn't know it was a cover. What, what, who, so who is it from? Uh, this is a cover from uh, from an English like post-punk band. They only put out one studio album, and they put out some singles. They're called Young Marble Giants. Nice. Horrible fucking name. Horrible fucking name. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like not, a, a horrible a movie you can only see on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> right, right, right. No, Yeah, yeah, but this one you, you can see on... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't, this, this is on New World Video Plus. This is terrible. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love this song. I, I think it's a cool cover. It's a great way to make yourself look cool because you're covering something that nobody else has ever heard. Yeah. Because, uh, like you know, I mentioned young young marble giants. 
I love punk. Never heard of this band. Yeah, never. <laughs> I, well, I like no. I said, I all the research I've done, I didn't even realize this was a fucking cover. But I, I dig it. I, I dig it. It's a good song. I, th- I think it fits in well with the re- record. I think this record could use a cover song. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not written by a woman who got raped by her father. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I love it. Credit in the straight world. I, I dig it. It's it, it's a good song. It's a good cover. I give it uh, burp. four shotgun blasts. Nice. Um, well, it's 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 nice that you uh, alerted me to the fact that it's a cover because that explains why this is kind of like the one song that kind of sticks out as like something different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this is the one track right. that isn't like open up with kind of clean chords played on a kind of dusty guitar. I'm going to scream. Then I'm back. You know, it's like this one, it, it, it definitely is kind of a, a standout track. Um, I gave it three and a half shotgun blasts. Not bad. Right. The next track is next uh, softer, softest. You know, soft. You want to show a loose cannon? I'm going to show you softest. <laughs> uh, more than once, I'm I'm actually a little surprised. There's several moments in this record where Courtney actually reminds me of Liz Fair, who uh, I actually enjoy as a female artist. Um, I actually enjoy Liz Fair's records. <laughs> is all I'm getting at. Um, so when she's not nir- miming Nirvana, she seems to kind of gravitate towards. Kind of what Miss Fair would offer you, but uh, I just again this this is I don't know not a great tune. What do you got? Uh, I'd ra- I'd rather listen to Liz Fair than this shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I I think Liz Fair is very talented. This is like eh, you lost me again. Pussy dried up on this song. <laughs> uh, but you know, not horrible, not like offensive, not like you know, like ah, right, you know. But it, it, it's it's nothing that fucking excites me either. Uh, I, I give this one uh, uh, one and a half shotgun blade. This is like a Ooh. it grazes your ear. This is not a kill shot. I liked it better than you. Then I gave it three shotgun blasts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take the next one, which is uh, she walks on me. Angry. 
I like that. But uh, I, I see what they're going for. I like the angry vibe of it. But I've just heard it before, and I've heard it better. What do you think? I really just want this record to end at this point. Um, <laughs> the, the songs just aren't good. And, uh, you know, have, have you ever heard a conversation of someone who's in a band or does something creative and they don't realize how far they are from being good? And yet they talk about themselves as if they're like, you know, I'm kind of like a new Cobain or something like that. And that seems how Courtney is. Like, she imagines uh, herself on a plane that she never really hit. I did a, I did a podcast once with this guy who was in a band called Jesus Christ. <laughs> Those guys are fucking horrible. Oh, oh. man. Look, I, I'm not saying that artists don't have the opportunity to to be bad and grow that is how it works i'm saying that like you have to kind of acknowledge that you need to grow and i just i just had so many of these conversations where someone talked about what they did in themselves in a sense that like they couldn't even hear anybody else in the room when they talked and that to me is courtney love and yeah i i like I said, I there's there's three tracks left, and at this point, I'm like, I can't believe I have to listen to three more. And this is a fucking short record, like you mentioned. This gets right. two shotgun blasts from me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I give that a, a fucking two and a half shotgun blasts. Okay. Next song, I think that I would die. I want some. This, this is totally filler and not killer filler. I give this one a two shotgun blast, and and, and this will maim you, but it won't kill you. Yeah, <laughs> shit song. What do you think? I was actually writing the notes to the previous song when this song started, and I didn't know. And so when I went to hit like skip, I saw where I was, and I'm like, my lord. So basically, everything I just said fits here. Uh, this has one of the least believable. Fuck you! It literally sounds like a fucking teenager. It's like it's not delivered well at all. It's 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 like it, your parents just found cigarettes in your coat, and you're like, "Fuck you for grounding me!" It's like right. No, no, I totally. I yeah, I said that earlier. I get that total vibe that a lot of this was written for a 14 year old girl who just got grounded for the weekend. Fuck you! This gets one fucking shotgun blast from me, man. Same from me. All right, next song, Gutless.
this one's filler. I guess I'm wrong because this was number four on Rolling Stones. Oh, greatest records of all time. Good God. Who 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 makes this shit? You know, this is terrible. Again, I just want this record to be over. I, I want to listen to good music. This gets zero shotgun blasts from me. Wow. Which is weird wow. because you I, think I'd, I'd want one at this point, but... Uh, Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I give this one a two, a two shotgun blast. Yeah, two shotgun blast. I, I'm ready to to fucking take a shower and listen to Nickelback or something. Uh, oh. Speaking of Nickelback, the next song, Nickelback does a much better version of a song called Rockstar. Well, we Cobain didn't write this album. Yes. <laughs> and because if he did, this shit wouldn't be on here. Well, you could you could go, well, these are the songs I'll never record. You can have these, Courtney. Right, <laughs> right. right. O- okay, if this was if this was uh, uh one of like the first time I listened to this album, I put it on with uh with earbuds. And I'm walking around the house doing chores, you know, just because I wanted to get a feel for it. Yep. And this song came out. I'm like, God damn, when the fuck is this going to end? It's like a fucking Ramon song. But to me, it, it <laughs> felt like fucking Empire of the Clouds by fucking Maiden. That's amazing like, you say God. that. I had the same feeling. It felt like it went on forever and it's like really short. went to school in fucking Olympia and nobody wanted to fuck you probably because you kept talking uh, oh <laughs> god damn I went to school in Olympia I went to school Olympia I went to school in Olympia and then what's fucked up is this song I mean it's not really like a hidden track but there's like there's like fucking six seconds where there's silence and then there's like yeah. a reprise well, we horrible way to end your album man like you should always always leave your album with a song that makes people want more and 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 this song just left me want more nirvana yeah and a little less courtney oh fucking horrible yeah i i I, uh spoiler alert i give this i i give this no shotgun blast this is like a blank (laughs) <laughs> this is this is like this is like uh you know in the deer hunter yeah Russian yow, roulette, yow. you you won yow, 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 yow. you know fucking mm. yeah oh horrible it opens up with that kind of fake false start too it's like whoa oh sorry fuck yeah. that up let me let me oh <laughs> I did it again <laughs> and the fact that it's like 
one, two, and then the third time it goes off. It's like it just shows you how staged and fake that was. That so right out of the gate, the song hasn't even started, and I'm like annoyed. I'm like, this is so fucking pretentious. This is so exactly what I think you are. You know what I mean? This 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 pretty much legitimizes or, or hits home the whole stereotype I have of this woman. Um, now, all apologies to Ms. Fair, but again, she sounds vocally a lot like Liz Fair on this song. Um, but this is, you know, it's almost like a mercy kill when you get to the end of this song because we're, I'm finally done doing this. And the, the fact of the matter is, I like, I had, I like you, I listened to this record multiple times just to make sure I was being fair. And right. this got worse. Every fucking time. The last three songs on this record, I just want it to go away. It This album, and this song actually sums up the album to me because it seems longer than it is. It's an actually pretty brief little 12-track deal, under 40 minutes, you know what I mean? Kind of oh, in yeah. my zone. But the fact of the oh. matter is this song seems to fucking drag on. It gets zero shotgun blast from me as well. This album is a prime example of how hard up I am to do podcasts. That, <laughs> you know, that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk about whole. <laughs> well, Mr. Wadley, Wadzilla, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, it is always a, 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 a moment that warms the cockles in Baco when we talk. You, you're, a, <laughs> you're a welcome guest on this show anytime. And uh, I always look forward to all of our conversations. So thank you so much for coming on. Whatever. All right, never mind. House is 1898. It was built, so it's it's old. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't. I don't much have like a, your jokes. What's that? <laughs> I said much like your jokes. Ah. <laughs> Are you sure you're not thinking no, of that, loose cannon? No, yeah, I never think of loose cannon. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 